Well, let's get back to the theme and think about uh, one of the two sounds that uh, are probably the most recognisable in the theme, the boom-ba-boom -boom sound. So let's try and get that sound. Um, now, we had the sting set. Let's get rid of the sting. Go back to that sort of sound. There we are, almost there. So, now, actually, for this version of the signature tune, I, I did a constant bass note like that. It's a steady pulse. Right. And yeah. you've obviously got to keep that in tempo, so you uh, you have to play to some sort of metronome. But we use a, a click track, like that, off a, off a synthesizer. Mm. And that enables you to play along with it and be absolutely certain that you're in time. So a precise tempo. Coming up in this episode, feels different this time, we're talking about regeneration stories, epic or bravura fluff, and in a special musical segment, we talk about the best title themes. All this and more in Doctor Who, The Complete Menagerie. Almost. Hello and welcome to Doctor Who, The Complete Menagerie, a podcast dedicated to classic Doctor Who. I said classic, I said the C word. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying Stop classic saying Doctor the Who. C word. It's just Doctor Who. I'm Sam. You're Sam. I'm not Sam, I'm Tom. You're Tom. He's Tom. I'm Greg. You're Greg. I'm Greg. And we're all here, we three have met, and, uh, and I think we're feeling fine. Yeah. We're kind of feeling, okay, we've done, uh, we've done no nuts. No nuts. No nuts. Mm, no nuts in this production. No nuts, block. no donuts. No nuts, no donuts. Nothing. We're, we're pure. I'll tell you who's not feeling fine. Who's that? Well, I keep killing people off. Do you remember ah. when I said that, oh, yes. uh, thank goodness Olaf Pooley's still alive, and then he dropped dead about a month later? Yeah. Well, I've done it again. Oh, Greg. Because I said, uh, oh, thank goodness uh, Robert Banks Stewart is still alive. And that was on the day Jimmy Hill died, which was the 17th of December 2015. <laughs> <laughs> and within a month, Robert Banks Stewart was dead. Oh, crumbs. He created Bergerac. <laughs> Without uh, Robert Banks Stewart, then Samuel Payne wouldn't be the man no, he is today. No, he wouldn't exist because he was my father. <laughs> no, no, well, he invented Bergerac. Whatever you do, don't mention Roger Moore. But no, why not? Well, you might do. You might. Oh, I might kill him. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention Roger Moore. Whatever I do, I won't. No. Okay. Uh, Tom. Yes. Do you have a line for I us? I do. I yes, I do. I do. Oh, uh, hold on. Here we go. This Come is our on. usual guest spot where we have guess the line. Yeah. So, see what I did there? Guest spot. Yes, we, 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 we see the line. There's two lines. It's a conversation. Oh, okay. Okay, so character A... Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, ...says, it would be different if I was a man, or I were a man, I should, uh, I should say. It would be different if I was a man, but I'm only a girl. Now, just a minute. There's nothing only about being a girl. Oh, ah, it's a famous line, that it one. Is rather, There's nothing it? only about being a girl. Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which, where about, I don't know which story. Is it Invasion of the Dinosaurs? It's not. Uh, you're close with Invasion de la Dinosaur. Oh, I know it's Time Warrior. No. No, I know which one. It's Monster from Panadol. It's his. Yes, because we watched that fairly recently. She was well into women's lib, wasn't she, Sarah She Jane? was, In her first season, but then she became a complete anti-feminist. Femi-Nazis, that's what <laughs> I call them. Well, I, I'm all for a bit of feminism, if, uh, if it's anything like um, the two Ronnies. Oh, 
word that turned. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, yes, I do, yes, I do, I do. That's what will happen if you're not careful. I, I'll happily open a door for a woman with a short haircut. <laughs> Anything to make life easier. <laughs> you really are a gentleman. <laughs> Send them back, I say. <laughs> so, Brexit. 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 We have yeah. considered doing a whole episode about Brexit, but uh, since our last political episode where dust was f flying <laughs> and uh, mm. I became a pub bore, yes. uh, offending the Scotch and all sorts of other uh, <laughs> nations, <laughs> we decided not to do that. But, but I just thought the monster... Is the monster of Teladon the one with the, with the, 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 sort of the European... It's the mining strikes. But, yeah. it's the, but it's, what's the one where they all meet and there's a big delegation? That's oh, the first one. Curse, Curse, Curse of Peladon. Oh, sorry, yeah. I got myself mixed up. But the yeah. Curse of Peladon was what I was thinking of as a sort of a, uh, as a, sort of a, um, a tribute to Brexit, which may or may That's not... The well, story. no, I mean, you know, yes. now, now we're out of Europe. Donald Trump is president of America. <laughs> Let's say China. 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 And Jeremy Corbyn is... Speaking, we're speaking a few weeks before this will air, so anything could happen. Anything could happen. We're speaking on the day that Ian Duncan Smith, him out of the Sunmakers, resigned. Uh, he's, a, no, no. he's a lying, bald Nothing to do with compassion. Odious to Everything to do with uh, trying to look nicer than George Osborne in order to get rid of him so to become the Prime Minister. They used to call him the quiet man, but you call him the <laughs> Yes, yes, that's his other nickname. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. as I say, Ian we're not... Duncan Smith stands for c <laughs> So we're not, uh, we're not going to talk too much about politics. The IDS! <laughs> but if you want a bit of a... If you're a bit confused about the what, what, what's going on in Europe at the moment, go back and watch The Curse of Peladon. Not, not The Monster, I apologise. The Curse of Peladon. And that'll sort it all out. Basically, it's David a Troughton's in it. It is, and yeah. so is a massive penis. Penis in a cloak. Penis are you talking cloak. about John Pertwee? That's it. We're going to go well. immediately into the time lash where we are talking about. Lovely warm place to be, the time lash. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going straight into the time lash to talk about regeneration stories. Let's go. Oh, but it's all arranged. Maynard and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. They're now a thing, aren't they? I don't want to talk about the news. But, you know, it's always a season finale. It's always a big deal in the new series. But back in the old days, such as the very first regeneration, Tom... Yes. I think it came almost mid-season. I don't know where it, in the season it came. It wasn't really important back then, really, no. where it came in the season. The fact, the very fact it happened was just so astonishing. Uh, I remember being a five-year-old child back in 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it must have been pretty astonishing as a, as a kid yeah. to see old... Uh, Billy Hartnell and I regenerate. But that word regeneration didn't mean anything back then. Just transform, transmogrify, yes. change his face. Into shall, a, shall we have a listen to what happened? Go on then. It's far from being all over.
that was uh, that was uh, the. It was always in Doctor Who magazine when they sort of talked about, uh, or in Peter Haining's books, which we reference a lot because that was mm. kind of our access to the that's, old that's Doctor the Who. That's the time. Yeah, we could all the videos. Yeah, the Bibles. Um, but uh, they always used to show those pictures of, of Hartnell's face and Trout's face with a big sort of mouth like a fish like that. Yeah. And, and then they, and you, so so you didn't really know what sort of effect they used to get there. And you see the footage, it's, 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 not, it's not that bad, is it? It stands up well. It's not bad, but it, it always occurs to me, looking at just that locked-off shot of their faces together, that they've got very similar faces from mm. that angle. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that seems to change is the eyebrows go slightly yeah. down. Patrick Troughton's a massive... People did have similar faces in those days. <laughs> it was because of the war. Yeah. It was, uh, it was powdered eggs what did it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, just to sort of seed this in as we're talking about this conversation, many years ago... Um, I just met Greg over here. You were a, a mere glint in the milkman's eye, a glint in Robert Bank Stewart's eye. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't created you yet. Uh, <laughs> so me and Greg had met, and uh, at the time, Greg was living with a man whose feet were <laughs> bigger than each other. No, it's true. We mentioned this before. But his feet, he used to have to buy two pairs of shoes. Yeah, he was an awful man, wasn't he? I can't remember his name. But, uh, Stuart. Yeah, no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a bit it was, of a bore. It was one of those people that the would Guardian be fine. reading bore. Yeah, it would be fine to sort of meet, uh, you know, work fine in small doses. But to, to live with a man with one foot bigger than the other, <laughs> it was it was a painful experience. It was untenable. And yeah. he used to hog the shower. It was really quite appalling. <laughs> so I met Greg and we had a couple of uh, nights watching Doctor Who round at his house. And we uh, we watched Doctor Who together and we found this shared love. I, and I think the one foot man was... He, he wouldn't have one foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one foot bigger than the other. Okay, sorry. I think of him as the one-footed man. One foot in the grave. Well, there's not too much noise coming through this window for you. No, no, it's fine. Because there's nothing worse than that. Trying to get off this sleep with some mindless racket going on outside. People yapping away and God knows what. That could drive you absolutely potty. I know for myself. Will you shut the front door? Yes, and... Uh, and then an occasion came, it was my turn to host, and I was mm. living with a guy called Ian Portlock at the time. And I decided, my, 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 uh, my plan was to, was to have a theme. And it's the very theme we're talking about today, which mm. is let's watch all the regeneration episodes yes, that's in right, which, the, that's in which right. the regeneration happened. Yes. And, you know, comment upon them, because I always like a theme when we're sort of sitting yes. and watching Doctor mm. So Ian was there. Now, Ian is a, is a man of the world. He's a Lincoln-born man. Uh, so electric- he has his goatee beard. Electricity is, is, is something rather novel for him. <laughs> <laughs> so from, coming from Lincolnshire, mm. uh, where they mainly have sausages and, and imps. And uh, mm. so he was, uh, he was quite keyed on the idea. He, you know, Greg's coming over, a few other people are coming over to watch Doctor Who. They invented frotting. In it was before the new series even aired. It was, uh, it was, it was in the wilderness years. Mm. The tail end of the wilderness years. Mm. And uh, we... I said, okay, we're going to start watching some Doctor Who. He's a, you know, he's a man of the world, a bit slightly older than us. He, he, he's into sci-fi. So he's like, I'll join you. Yes. The problem was, uh, because we were watching the regeneration stories in order, he had to, he had to sit through 25 minutes of, of telesnaps and <laughs> <a> soundtrack. <laughs> it was like, yes. so 
we're neither watching Doctor Who because it doesn't exist, yes. and we can't hear it because you're nattering all the way through it. So yes. this isn't really very pleasurable. So he sloped off to the he pub, did. I think. He did. He did. Left us to it. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so those first couple don't exist. That was a bit of a problem for us. Well, it's yeah. a bit weird, isn't it? It's like you were saying earlier. It, it sort of happens mid-season because is it, is it the Smugglers and then the Tenth Planet? Uh, yeah. The first two stories of yeah. season four. John Michael Officer knows. Oh, uh, well, I'm never looking there. Because they didn't start the new again. season with the new Doctor. No. Uh, and then Patrick Troughton came yeah. in. Look, uh, no, it was at the very beginning of the fourth season. We had, so odd, isn't it? You say this, this, this smugglers, the tennis planet, but uh, mm, mm. such is life. But and I think the sad thing about poor old um, Hartnell is diminishing returns in his last couple of stories because he's barely yeah. in them. I think he has a holiday, doesn't he, in episode well, he three? Was so Ill. He was ill. Yeah. Poorly, wasn't I think the last actual footage we have of him is not even in episode three, it's in episode two of The Tenth Planet, yes, where he yeah. just buggers off somewhere to have a lie down. And then yeah. episode three, none of him at all. And then episode four, he appears at the end to regenerate. Mm. As a story, it doesn't exist, does it? Episode four doesn't. No, so what's our general feeling on the story itself? I can't really it's remember. It's your typical base under siege Cyberman yeah. story. It's Jerry, I mean, it introduces a Cyberman. It's Jerry Davis. It's the first Cyberman story. Yes. Yes. Well, that's it quite is. exciting, isn't yeah, it? It is, yeah. You know, and they were the it, is in re- it is in retrospect. They were the Cybermen, though, were they? With the cloth faces. Which cloth we faces. are the Cybermen. Yeah, they, talk yeah. like, they talk like that, you know. Yes, yeah. camp Cybermen. Very camp. There's yeah. a lovely bit where Mick Craze kills one of them, doesn't he? And then he feels quite guilty about it. Yeah, yeah, he has a bit of a moment. It's a nice little character moment. And it's set in 1986. Turn on to the new season of entertainment on BBC One. Doctor Who returns, only to find he's on trial. Would it be too much to ask what all this is about? The Colin Baker era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they regenerated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we, it's very hard to really talk about it because it doesn't exist. So, you know, uh, it was what it was, but it was astonishing. We, 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 they we they had to do it. They had no they, choice. They, it was either cancel the show or bring in another actor. But what I think is dangerous, dangerous about it was the fact that they brought in another actor who wasn't... A, he, they could have brought in... They couldn't have brought in Peter Cushing, but they could have done something like that and got and an just actor got a similar to do sort of thing, yeah. a William Hartnell yeah. impression. Yeah. I'm so glad they, they didn't. didn't. I'm so glad they didn't. Because, it, was, uh, because it never worked. It's like James Bond when it went from uh, Connery to Lazenby, who was a cut price Connery, and you think that doesn't work. Don't Rog- mention Roger Moore. Oh, Roger he's Moore. He's going to die within three weeks. <laughs> Roger Moore does something completely different. He does. And, uh, and that's why it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Trout did something completely different, that's why that worked. And good on him. I think Patrick Trout was wonderful and, uh, and uh, great, great, great that he did that. Mm. Flipping forward to the war games, they really wanted to, they really, that was ten episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, well... They, Do you they, think that they, the whole thing was gearing up to his regeneration? I don't know much they, about inevitably it. Inevitably, they knew that, that Patrick was going to leave it. But was the whole season. story written in that? I don't I think, think so. It was, it was, no. it's, a, it's a ten part. It was supposed they to be wrote, two other stories. Yeah. It was supposed to be a regeneration story. They wrote yeah. it over a weekend, Mac Hulk and Terry Dix. The communist Mac Hulk. Yeah, they had, to, they had to really crank those episodes out. But do you know what? I mean, War Games, written over a weekend, it's... It's really good, actually. I like but it's it. It's two really good authors who are sharing yeah. an episode each, and the, yeah. and the thing is, that last episode isn't the resolution of that story. That's this is the difference. That last mm. episode is a self-contained. Yeah, we're going to try and escape the situation, but I'm going to end up meeting yeah. the Time Lords at the end of it. Mm. It's really mm. exciting because it's not really a regeneration story; it's a returning home story yeah. where he's forced to regenerate. Should we listen to that like, final speech yeah, that he makes? It's lovely. I like it. Now then, what about me? We have accepted your plea that there is evil in the universe that must be fought and that you still have a part to play in that battle. What what do you mean that you're going to let me go free? Not entirely. 
We have noted your particular interest in the planet Earth. The frequency of your visits must have given you special knowledge of that world and its problems. Yeah, yes, I suppose that's true. Earth seems more vulnerable than others, yes. For that reason, you will be sent back to that planet. Oh, good. In exile. In exile? You will be sent to Earth in the 20th century and will remain there for as long as we deem proper. And for that period, the secret of the TARDIS will be taken from you. But you, you can't condemn me to exile on, on one primitive planet in, in, in one century in time? Besides, I, I'm known on the Earth. It, it might be very awkward for me. Your appearance has changed before. It will change again, and that is part of the sentence. You can't just change what I'd look like without consulting me. You will have an opportunity to choose your appearance. Oh. Oh, well, that's not so bad. But I warn you, I'm very particular. Here is your first choice. Huh? Oh, he's too old. But he's too fat, isn't he? No, he's too thin. Yes, that one's too young. Oh, no, that won't do at all. This ridiculous. You're wasting time, Doctor. But it's not my fault, is it? Is this the best you can do? I've never seen such an incredible bunch. Since you refuse to take the decision, the decision will be taken for you. No, 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 I, I never said that. But I, but I maintain I have the right to decide what I look like. It could be very important on the Earth. I, uh, people on Earth and Tatter are great deal of importance to Earth. What's happening? Time has come for you to change your appearance, Doctor, and begin your exile. Is this some sort of joke? No, I, I refuse to be treated it. What are you doing? Oh, stop! You're making me giddy. Uh, no! You can't do this to me! Uh, no, no. So we don't see the new doctor. That's wonderful, no. though, isn't it? That's that's a perfect slice of late sixties esoterica. It's, I mean, Pat psychedelia. Found, that's it. Yeah, esoterica psychedelia. Let's call the whole thing off. But <laughs> I, it, it's, it's wonderful. His gurning. If you go on YouTube, you can find this in the old Gurner, <laughs> Patrick Gurner. And then there's the sort of the wonderful. He, he rotates in space. And that's how it, is that how it ends? Is that how the episode that's ends? That's how it ends. They that's narrowed brilliant. it down, though, didn't they? I mean, Patrick Trout kept saying, no, 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 that one's too fast. No, 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 no that one's too yeah, thin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no that, that one was born in the 1930s. So you, you end up... It, it could only be John Pertwee. I like the it fact that he's actually down. performing the regeneration, though, because he goes, people put a great deal of importance. Yeah, like What I like about that it's is wonderful. that they're doing something different. So mm. they're, they're not saying, OK, this is how Hartnell went off because he was a bit ill. You know, the character became ill and, and, you know, that, and popped his clog and became someone new. Uh, and Troughton, is, it was forced upon him. By and Bernard just, Horsfall. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I do think, Gulliver, and I do mm -hmm. think that that was the last time anything interesting was done with regeneration. It was, really? Maybe really? the Gobelist, perhaps. But mm -hmm. I just, it was essentially the same thing. The Doctor dies like a human would die, but doesn't die. That's very different. That's kind mm -hmm. of like, 
Oh, let's mm. do something completely different and like, true, use it as a punishment. Yeah. And it's yeah. not done as a, a death necessarily. It's just mm. like, right, we're going to change your face. Mm. And you get to choose it. Yes, maybe it's less sinister that way. You know, it's you're, more you're weird just, though, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's more, I think that's very sinister, the way they leave that. For it. Like, what's going to happen to the Doctor? Uh, it's wonderful. There's a mm. cliffhanger. And Doctor Who comes back as John Pertwee in colour. In colour. Yeah, in colour. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird thing though because it's a very clear 1969 yeah, black yeah. and white Doctor Who last yeah. Doctor. You, I mean, you can't really time it better than that, can you? 1970 colour, yeah, yeah, new yeah. Doctor. Mm. That's it. This is really them cancelling the old show and everything to do with it yeah, and yeah. bringing back a new show called Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, yeah it because is. it was it so is. different. Yeah. Looking at yeah. that, that was symptomatic of the, of the travel era. Just lots of wacky. You would never stuff. have had that. That would yeah. never have happened to to uh, John Pertwee. It was very well, earthbound. It was gritty. It was meant to be sort of more realistic. Yes. And but that was the, that that last shot really sums up the trailer for me. That sort of weirdness, that mm. surrealism that they could get away with, like things like the mind rock we talked about and the celestial toy maker. Obviously, that's Hartnell, but still the sixties, sixties Trafton was much more, you know, into the sixties vibe, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess yeah. it was a bit zany and, and all the rest of it. Whereas John Pertwee was played it pretty straight. I mean, the, you know, that was back then, back in the sixties to seventy. I mean, nowadays. Decade, another decade comes along and you barely notice. I know. I mean, do you know, it's 2016 now. I know. I, went, I didn't even realise until... It feels it's, just it's like the late 90s. In. It feels like... Fashion's changed. No, oh, I just had this shirt for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed since the late 90s. I mean, the last big one was the Millennium, but nothing really changed much. That was all the, the, Well, there was the Millennium bug. bug. Yeah, that, that was in bed. <laughs> I was being sick all morning on New Year's Day. I think that was the Millennium bug. <laughs> So there was a sense of something building. In I the was war in a vicar's garage for the millennium. Oh, that might be the year after. What did you do for the? I can't even remember what I did for the millennium. Genuinely, I think I was ill in bed. I, mean, I wasn't just making a silly joke. I was ill in bed. So then you, you were a slip of a boy. Um, I was at a rave, which in was Jersey. horrible, <laughs> and I, I never want to think about it. But you know what? They got the year wrong. I mean, I, I knew it at the time because I was studying classics. But there was no year zero. They no, went course, from yeah, one yeah, BC yeah. to one AD. So mm. the real millennium ought to have been at the end, the end of year 2000, not 2000, 2000, uh, going into 2001. That was the real millennium, because that's the end of 2000 years. I refuse to celebrate it. Mm. Good for you. Well. Let's go from Pertwee to... to so, uh, so okay. but with the War Games, we really felt there was something building in a very, very epic story. Yes. It was elongated, mm. and then the last mm. episode really was a runaround for... TARDIS crew and yes. then bye bye everybody yeah. that's a good point because even the companions don't carry over do they it's no. like an entirely it's a reboot as they call com- it these days yeah. it's a, it's, it's a real, you know, yeah. what you call a soft reboot you know you yeah. keep the show yeah. and the name but everything else is completely different yeah. with Pertwee he really had a send off story didn't he they, yeah they really the did they really went for it big style they pandered him it was a bit much actually and was it, it laid was, on too yeah. thick oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. but it wasn't a very yeah. good story no. let's play it and see in the time vortex. The TARDIS brought me home. Oh, Doctor, why did you have to go back? I had to face my, my fear, Sarah. I had to face my fear. That was, was more important 
us going on living. Please, don't die. A tear, Sarah Jane? No, don't cry. While this life... It's all right. He is not dead. Oh, no. I don't think I can take much more. I'm sorry to have startled you, my dear. Won't you introduce me to your friend, Miss Smith? Oh, um, yes, this is the abbot of... No, it's Choji. I mean, it looks like Choji, but it is really Campo Rinpoche. I think. Thank you. That makes everything quite clear. The doctor is alive. No, you're wrong. He's dead. All the cells of his body have been devastated by the Metabilis crystals, but you forget. He is a Time Lord. I will give the process a little push and the cells will regenerate. He will become a new man. Literally? Of course, he will look quite different. Not again. And it will shake up the brain cells a little. You may find his behavior somewhat erratic. Well. When will all this happen? Well, there's no time like the present, is there? Goodbye. Look after him. Now, wait a moment. Look, Brigadier, look. I think it's starting. Well, here we go again. Well, mm. well, they read on that thick, didn't they? Yeah. It was quite long-winded, wasn't it? Didn't they both have big noses? <laughs> <laughs> You know, do we really need a comedy monk appearing to explain <laughs> what's going on? I mean, it's just sort of pandering to the sort of the religious amongst the audience. <laughs> yeah. It was the Buddhist journey, wasn't yeah, it? Which, uh, Buddhist uh, agenda. Pushing it. Which uh, Barry Lett was all behind, wasn't it? A year later. Buddhist enough to have the idea of regeneration without actually having a, an actual Buddha there floating in space. It's a bit... But they had long death scenes, long lingering close-ups in I, Claudius about a year later. It's mm. very much de rigueur in the mid-70s. Yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> to die with the up the nose shot. That was uh, Pertwee's best acting, I think. Well, well, he yeah. thought it was. It actually just felt like he was being Wurzel Gummidge, but with a cold. It was a bit, <laughs> la a bit laboured, but there was a good makeup job. They it made, was a good makeup job. job. I don't like think he was it was Pertwee's finest hour, but he thought no. it was, didn't he? He clearly thought that I'm doing something. Our story is pants, isn't it? But it's always pants, but also that I didn't like that scene. It's a, you know, there's, there's good thing. There's humour, fair enough, and the brigadier's in there, but it's just mm. a bit like. Oh. A bit modern for my tastes. Yeah. <laughs> he had to face his fear, which only we found out in that episode was giant spiders. Yeah, which has never been mentioned before. Not before scared. or since. Giant spiders, though. I mean. And the problem is the, sp the spiders are so poorly realised that it kind of you know takes it away. It's not really a fitting end to the Pertwee era, really, is I it? I mean, it's good that Sarah Jane is there and she gets to have a bit of emotion and a tear. Sarah Jane is mm. a lovely line, but. She's only been there for a season, though. I mean, it would have been more moving with Joe Grant, yes. I think. She should have come back. Because they try to tie it into Joe Grant with the blue crystal, don't they? Yeah. They try to have that yeah. thread. And I, I believe it was supposed to be the master versus 
uh, the Doctor at the season finale. Yeah. That was the intention, and the Master would have given his own life to try and save the Doctor. The Doctor would have regenerated. That would have been an amazing story. Yes, yeah, Roger really. Delgado was dead. But he was dead by then. Selfish. Selfishly never happened. So that was 1974. Now we're going to fast forward all the way to 1981. God. All the way in the future, isn't it? Run in the future into the fourth doctor hanging off a radio telescope. James here in a nutshell, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if in doubt, just show some old footage of people saying doctor. You know, it's, it's a little, it's just, it's turgid. I think it's a really sad regeneration sequence for the wrong reasons, in that you've got this great doctor, possibly the greatest doctor there's ever been, surrounded by people he doesn't care about. Mm. Young kids going, doctor, doctor. And you can even tell in Tom's eyes, he's not bothered, I, I'm is not bothered about leaving this show at all. No. I mean, he doesn't really put any effort into that. But no. also, if someone fell off a big, I don't know, their body would be in a state. <laughs> they wouldn't be oh, just lying there. Who. Yeah, I know, but, you know, Super who. But, but I prefer it because to John Pertwee's regeneration, because John Pertwee overplays it. He goes for the pins of pauses. Yeah. It's, it's long, it's drawn out. And you think, oh, come on, spit the line out, John. You know, get, <laughs> get on with it. Just, just <laughs> die with it. Just die. Compared to that, John Pertwee is, is much more is preferable, but both of them are sort of long-winded and dreary. Yeah, but I, mean, I like the way that Tom just sort of, once they say, doctor, 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 he gives a little smile, he raises no, his, his arm, says the end, fine, but it's just, it's just the, what's around it, all that annoying. Like, why would you show a picture of bloody Bruce Purchase from Pirate Planet? Who yeah. cares about That's him? That's for the fans. This is the John Nathan yeah, exactly. It's for the fans. It's, it's like a, v- it's not, the VHS. No one remembers him. Yeah. He was just a shouty 
Burke in the, the couple of series before. Mm. Yeah. So that was just silly. And, I, you know, and, the, and the whole Watcher thing. The, the, well, that was the first proper foreshadowing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, sto- yeah. And I think that's what's now the standard. But, you know, this was... We can see the regeneration stories becoming more and more of a thing. Of a thing, of a thing, of a sort yeah. of a, a theme. And it's like, yeah. that's what, this is what we do now. Mm. Well, they all supposed to make it a little bit new. I suppose they were trying for that in the, in the Watcher thing. But having uh, Peter Davison appear... With lots of um, flour and milk on his face. <laughs> yeah. That's no. Uh, that's no. Uh, it's not a very auspicious start, is it? Well, I mean, the, the worst bit for me is when Tom Baker falls off the radio tower. You, yeah. I think you saw me wince whilst I was watching it. But the, the three companions all look at the way he's falling with completely different speeds. <laughs> I, I think Sarah Sutton goes like that, and Janet Fielding goes. <laughs> Come on, which one is it? Just you know, just a small amount of direction would have put that right. It's a horrible moment. Who directed Logopolis? I'll find oh. out in the John Martin. I think it's the very last entry in the book. It is. Um, I was going to say because that's the last uh, regeneration. According Peter Grimwade, isn't it? It's Peter Grimwade. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. the last yeah. regeneration. Have known better. Jean Marc. That's that's all this book is up to. So we haven't got any more to look at. <laughs> even though uh, Peter David's on on the cover. Exactly. Yes, he doesn't even mention David. Uh, so I suppose he wasn't. The yeah. wet vet. The wet. Do you think people said? Did people know? That people knew, didn't they? Oh, they? all creatures. But a lot, a lot of success, people would have, yeah. would have uh, not known that that's who he was turning into. And have just gone, oh, as you say, Greg, it's the wet vet. Yes. <laughs> he, doesn't he have a doughy face though? It's all flabby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think he's got like flour and milk on it. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> made it literally dough on Davison's face. And his hair is the natural colour before it was highlighted as Doctor Who. So his yeah. hair is actually brown rather than blonde in there. Well, here's an interesting excerpt from the Doctor Who handbook, which is Tom Baker's uh, special volume, and it says, on his least favourite story. Looking back on it, I'd have to say my last one, Logopolis. I remember not liking the final shot because I was leaving by then. I remember I wanted to be gone. <laughs> I remember thinking the shot wasn't particularly heroic or witty. And they recorded it straight from above with me lying flat. Mm. It was very difficult to be heroic in that situation mm. because to do that, I'd have to have been at least able to get up on one elbow. Mm. But it had to be that way because they wanted to do that dreary old reverse shot of me looking into a <laughs> circle of faces. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, yes, I agree. He's it's right. Really. Right. They were stealing the shot anyway, from a film. It was all right for them, but not for me, and I remember I went away with that slight niggling disappointment. Mm. I can still remember the shot after all these years. I didn't like the images. It wasn't no. heroic enough. No, it wasn't. It was right. right. I think it's he's nailed it there. It's a damp squib. It was just a damp squib. It's just silly. The whole thing. They do that these days. It's just a damp squib. But I think they maybe got it right the next time. They did. I mean, come on. Chappies, if there's anything that we can agree on, it's that Caves of Androzani is a is a, it's a is fucking a good story it's a corker. on its own, but it's a fucking good ending to a fucking yeah, good yeah. story. Mm. Let's watch that moment. Perry. Perry, can you hear me? Open your mouth. You must drink this. Jackage, newest stuff. Good old Jackage. Jackage? You, you got the bat's milk? Contains an anti-vesicant, I imagine. Interesting. Where is it? What? The bat's milk. Finished. Only enough for you. There must be something I can do. Tell me. Too late, Perry. 
going soon. It's time to say goodbye. Don't give up. You can't leave me now. I might regenerate. I don't know. Was that you always told me, Doctor? Brave heart. Must survive. Too many of your enemies were delighting your death, Doctor. Brave heart. You're needed. You mustn't die, Doctor. Many of your enemies were delighting. You know that. You mustn't die, Doctor. You know that, Doctor. Adric. You know that. You mustn't die, Doctor. No, my dear Doctor, you must die. Expecting someone else? I, I, I. That's three eyes in one breath makes you sound a rather egotistical young lady. What's happened? Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Well, that was all going terribly well until then they had those <laughs> annoying faces uh, looming around them, which is, yes. seems to be the dirigeur. But uh, they, they basically did everything that Tom Baker wanted, a heroic moment, a, a good final mm. bit of speech, and a sort of, uh, he, he goes away with his dignity intact, then they stick on the shit. Mm. But he's dead by then, so it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fantastic, though, generally, because it's, it's off the back of a really good story, which is yes, just finished. And effectively, your, your hero actually dies at the end. You know, Peter's doctor. But he dies for a good cause. To I remember save his does, being right. broadcast as well. I mean, I wasn't old enough to remember the others being broadcast, but I do remember that being broadcast. And um, yeah, it, it affected me as a kid. I was very sad to see uh, Peter Davidson go on to do. Uh, I mean, he was off to work with Graham Crowden on a very peculiar practice. <laughs> Ooh, and here we were. Champion. Lumbered with uh, Colin Baker. Uh, I remember that episode going out, and I wasn't too happy. Mm. Did you know it was going to happen? I suppose mm. you didn't at that I age. I didn't I did, actually, no. You I'd have been about five. Yeah, I'd have been five. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't uh, don't remember what it was about, but this, this new guy was there called Doctor Who, and uh, yes. me not like he. Feels different this time. He's a <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> the music's quite good. The music's it's Roger Lim, isn't it? Who, who yeah. came up with some real stinkers. Arc of Infinity's a bad. Oh, jeez! I mean, that's about the worst you can get. But, but when he worked with um, when he worked with, with Graham Harper, you know, in yeah. Revelation of the Daleks. And, oh, yeah, Revelation. The Revelation's good as well. It, it yeah. seems to be a good collaboration. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this story because Perry's a relative newcomer to the TARDIS as well. Yeah. He's only done one story it before is. this. Planet of Fire. Planet of Fire. It's it's more fitting for Peter's Doctor to be with one companion anyway. It works well, the dynamic. Mm. And also it's quite nice that he thinks, I'm going to die, but I'll sacrifice it for this person who I don't really know, but she's a young thing. 
Yeah. And I'm going to probably die from this. And it's a good story. It's a, it's a, a great nice scene, just, despite yeah. uh, Perry, who is a dreadful character generally. But, uh, but at this yeah. point, she's okay. I don't think yeah, she's she's, she's descended too so, much. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the problem. Isn't it? But uh, you know, and then he becomes uh, old Colin Maker and, and all. And that's the last regeneration. That's the last one we have. That's oh, the last yeah. one in the classic series. Yeah, that's, that's it. The, generally, the, there is one they try watch, to do. We can watch Time and the Rani if we want to. Well, we're going to watch that. Well, oh, I mean, they. <laughs> there could have been a Colin Baker regeneration scene, but he, he refused to do it. He didn't want to go back for it. Of course, after he, he, treated after badly, he, he was treated badly, and after he left Doctor Who, I mean, his, his acting career dried up a little bit. Mm. And a friend of mine said that he, he actually worked part time in a bookshop for a while. He was on the episode of Come Dine with Me. They, I remember they, that. They, <laughs> they, they went in and uh, they were looking for a book, and they found the, the book, and he was, you know. Four ninety nine or whatever. They only had a ten pound note. It was the twin dilemma by Eric Saywood. <laughs> and it was Colin Baker. And it was some fat old man. <laughs> well, they, they went up to pay for it, and they saw that it was Colin Baker, who just recently been Doctor Who, and they were completely awestruck. Really? My God, it's, it's, it's Colin Baker. Weren't you Doctor Who? And this is when. Sylvester McCoy was on the screen, and they were that flabbergasted that they just handed the book to him and he put it in the bag with a ten pound note of it, and then they went to walk out of the shop, and he called them back. Haven't you forgotten something? He said, "What?" Change, my dear. Oh, jeez. You had us going, though. <laughs> you, had us, you had us going. Oh, we uh, feel hooked, sorry. don't we? Uh, sorry. Samuel Payne was chewing his knuckles. This is a libelous story. He can't get away with this. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Andrew, around the corner, he was watching it as it happened back in 1984, and his older sister said... Christ, isn't he ugly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. yeah. I think it was he who told me that story. Gosh, yeah, well. So, obviously, Trial of a Time Lord, Colin Baker's given his second chance, loses, is kicked out of the role. They reboot the show. Carrot juice. Carrot juice, carrot juice, carrot juice, and we're brought back for Time and the Rani with this. <laughs> the girl. That's the man I want. Take him to my laboratory. What a bad start. For, but what, for, okay, so if you were presented with uh, a, a new doctor and you had to regenerate them somehow, what, what, what would you do? I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, isn't it? Because you haven't got Colin Baker to film any scenes. But then I'm they, not sure I would have done that, though. They didn't with Patrick Troughton. I mean, he no. didn't regenerate into John Pertwee. No. They I just went from showed, one doctor to the other. I would have showed... It would just started with Sylvester McCoy, and then he would have told the story of how exactly, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, but and then you wouldn't have seen it, but you would have worked backwards, perhaps. Mm. If, that would have if, been clever, it wouldn't Even if you get to the stage of thinking, you know, we're going to do this, but then you've got your new leading actor in the old actor's costume, 
with a Harpo Marx blonde wig on, lying on the floor. So you should surely sort of think, hang on a minute, there's, there's probably a better way well, of doing you, this. Couldn't you do something with, with the existing companion, with Mel, to sort of mm. set it up? I don't know, do something. She's, she's the only bridging influence in the whole show. And they yeah, have some it. lines or something, yeah. just to sort of mm. say, oh, Doctor, the t- have, have more, have the TARDIS exploding. Or, you know, in or, the well, novel, he hits his head on the console, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but Mel is fine. But, I mean, the, the TARDIS uh, lands on that planet with, uh, a with and a rainbow, oh, a rainbow. You know, really pushing the gay, the gay agenda. agenda yeah, Leave agenda. the girl, it's the man I want. That is really, isn't it? Super camp. I think we've probably that was it. come to the conclusion, come to the conclusion here that regeneration stories aren't really that important. People the stories think they themselves are. aren't, no. no. And the moment, the moment's very important. You know, the moment of it happening is very memorable <clears throat> to a child, I think. You know, it's sometimes like, a bit like New Year's Eve, isn't it? You know, you're... you're, you're, you're you build up to a... a like you set yourself up for yes. a fail, don't you? It's, it's, it's always a damp squib. And the best way is, is just to enjoy the moment. Yes. Don't build up to something that you expect to be amazing. Just enjoy the moment. And if you're not enjoying the moment, as my Auntie Vanessa used to say, give it up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell... Did she used to say that? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move into... Back into the music segment, which we haven't done for a long the time. The music segment. I love the music mm. segment. Where we're going to be Muzak. discussing title themes. Ah, Johann Sebastian. <laughs> huh? I said the music's terrible. Shut up. The music segment. The music no, segment. So we're going to go. Music. I know. I'm. I'm not a big into music. But I, am, <laughs> I am into the Doctor Who theme. Ah. Right. And we're going to go backwards. Okay. Uh, we're going to start in the future, <laughs> from 1987, <laughs> <laughs> and go backwards in time because you know why not? Start where we where we start where we stopped regenerating. And it's Kef McCulloch. Oh God. Mm. And his well, rendition of the right, Doctor d- Who before thing. We, before you jump to criticise yes. Gregory, yes. let's just hear it. Let's hear it. And now on BBC One, <laughs> The Doctor and Garvok. <laughs> Straight into the Doctor Who thing. <laughs> What I call music. <laughs> <laughs> we're all dancing away. We were that. dancing like uh, like we've had the dancing imp put it up our bottoms, but uh, uh, I, I love it. I actually really like it. I really like it. I hate uh, it. <laughs> I'll tell you why I like it, and it's because that's the first Doctor Who I watched. Oh, well, there we go. I didn't. I wasn't. We weren't a Doctor Who family. We didn't watch the Colin Baker era. Who did? Who did? I did. I know you did. <laughs> I but, did. But, but most people in right mind didn't. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that was when I started getting into Doctor Who, and I watched that, and I was like blown away. And it's so, so many memories of that 
era. I think it's a great yeah, version. Yeah, it's nostalgia then. It's disco, isn't it? It's disco. I don't think that is disco, though. Yeah, think... That's more pop. Pop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more electro pop. Stop, yeah, stop it's electro pop. <laughs> but it is. I think Tom's absolutely bang on there. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, oh, it has to be so lucky, lucky. It has a very synthetic mm. feel, not synthesizer, but synthetic, slightly tinny. different. Tinny, it's very tinny. cheap samples. Mm. You know, it doesn't sound like the Radiophonic Workshop have done it at all. It but sounds. I think it's good. Poppy. It's, sort of, it's got a good beat. <laughs> oh, it's tinny. I don't. Know. Ooh, it feels cheap. And poppy and, and an light. explosion at the end. It's like it? a light entertainment show. You know, it's, it's, I don't like it. I think it's got urgency. I think and it was. I think urgency and verb. I, like. <laughs> I, like, I like the sequence itself, but the, the CGI title sequence. The Helter Skelter. Yeah, of. I love that, but I don't like the, the music. I'm sorry. So, what do you call How many TARDIS is out of five? Oh, I really don't have one. I really oh, don't, oh I, really? I, oh, I don't oh. like it. Oh, yeah, oh, it's, oh. It's tinny. Well, I, I don't like seven tinny. Seven for me. I think it's lovely. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a four out of five. What? Oh. <laughs> Four out, out of five, five Tom. Four out of ten. Tardis is out of five. Give it seven or eight out of five. That is never my strong point. I never saw seven or eight Tardises out of five. Four. Okay, four out of five. Mm, okay. One out of five from Greg. And it, oh, really, it ran like for it. three seasons. Yeah, it's a popular right, it. Got their money's worth. Okay, let's go back in time. What what year are we going back We're to? We're going now. 1986. 1986. For the rebooted. Trial of a Time Lord. Let's have a listen to that. And that was a Dominic Dominic Glynn. Dominic yes. Glynn's rendition. It's often much maligned, but I love it. It's the Doctor Who theme in a minor key. It's the minor key, it's, and also it's, yeah, it's, it's the original the original key that it was originally written in. That's Is what it? it's supposed uh, to be. Uh, yeah. uh, you you being a music fan, you'll know about these things, being into uh, uh, Kraftwerk <laughs> and, uh, and Roger Delgado and, <laughs> and the other musicians. Yes. Uh, that didn't work for me. This Why not? Bit, especially towards the end. It sort of has like a crying child. It's supposed to be quite and it goes sad, on for too long. Yes. Sort of wow, 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 wow. I find mm. maybe that's just the, uh, what we just played. I don't know, but. Well, I think not, it's not my cup of tea, but Greg, you loved it, so we we diverge. Yes, yes well, it's 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 slightly creepier, it's slightly more sinister. Yeah. I think because of the minor key, it's like uh, if you play a chord in a major key and then play it in a minor key, the yeah. minor key's oh, the minor key's sad. The major key's happy. It's not so exciting it's, though. It's not an exciting Delling do. It's more like no. sort of, this is going to fuck you up. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, not, it's not setting you up for something creepy to happen, mm. and I think that it does that quite well. It introduces the trial of a time lord but i like this sort of the satellite bombast of the mccoy era <laughs> yeah come on down the without the sort of this that's more like oh it's bbc4 <laughs> it's bbc4 let's watch a program about canals and it's only used for one year it was i think it's one of the shortest used doctor who yeah it was fairly, i think it was was it incomplete or something or dominic lynn had to rush it out very quickly yeah, yeah, yeah very little amount of time i think he was doing the score for the mysterious planet and then Jane T said do you want to do 
the title's music as yeah. well, and he did it very quickly. Yeah. Do you both like it? So there we go. I do like it. I think it's underrated. Well, how many Todd I have? I think it's a four. I think it's really yeah, four, good. Four for me. Well, one for me, because I don't <laughs> like it. But then, having said that, I can, I can go no lower than one, so I'll give it two. <laughs> it might, there might be other worse ones that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> oh. so. Okay, really well, a couple of points. we're going to one of the longest-running ones. Well, I think the longest-running one of the 80s, and it's the Peter Howard theme. So when was, when was this from? In 1980 to 1985. So all of the Davo era. Yeah. All of the, the last of a, first season of Colin Baker. And the last of Tom Baker? And the last season of Tom so Baker. Quite yeah. a long stay. And yeah. it was a big, big investment by the BBC, well, uh, JNT. You know, he's like, I'm sick of the old traditional yep. Doctor yep. Who theme, which is on, we all really recognise, we yeah. do on the Delia Derbyshire version. And this was the disco version. That was, that was his brief. And let's hear it. <laughs> This is before uh, Peter Howell got the role of uh, Joey in Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Went on to direct Sliding Doors. The yes, indeed. Well, you can't go wrong with that, can you? I mean, it's, it, you can see why it lasted, really. It, it's got staying power. It's very good. It sounds good even to this day. It sounds fantastic. And yeah. it, it's very well married up to the actual motion graphics. It is, actually, yes. That's what works well with it. It's that very otherworldly as well, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's a synthesised sound. But it doesn't sound cheap. No. It's not a recognisable instrument, is it? No. It's, it's, well, that's the it's whole a point. Weird of sound. The it's, 80s, wasn't it? It's great. They used the, it was a very different workshop that, that Peter Howell used. So he used all of the facilities they had there and also a device which most kids know of now, which is called a vocoder. Yeah. So when yes. you speak into a machine, it comes out in the key of the notes you're playing on the on the machine. They've all got vocoders now in the in the school playgrounds. But it is quite disco. It is quite a disco theme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's also upbeat. it's also mysterious. It, it sets up something that it's oh it's exciting. What's going to happen intriguing. now? Sort of thing. And sometimes yeah. something like Time Flight. Actually, the titles are the best bit of <laughs> <laughs> They've got the most mystery. They've got the most intrigue, and then it's all downhill from the title sequence. Yeah. No, I like that. Good. I think it's one of the best. I'd probably give that five titles as. I would agree, I love four, it. Four, four, yeah, five, yeah, I love it. That's the one I remember as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's used about the nostalgia. Yeah, because exactly. it was used so much, you kind of just mm. it's like, oh yeah, that's the Doctor Who theme. Yes, yeah. it's definitive for me. Well, now we're going to go back to the mid-70s and it's the Tom Baker era. Yeah. That was that particular cut was used from 1974, so Tom uh, John Pertwee's last season, right up to 1979 into 1980. Yeah, and who did the arrangement for that? I think it was Delia Derbyshire with Brian Hodgson. Ah, okay. Uh, it, it's so uh, it just makes you think of the 
of the era, doesn't it? And it that does. was the era where we had the classics like Wang Chiang and yeah, yeah, yeah. Morbius and all the stuff we've talked about endlessly. Mm. But you know, so it, you can't help but have warm feelings about it. Mm. You know, it's not like the Colin Baker or the Sylvester McCoy era, which is not exactly a classic mm. era of who we we can uh, call it that. But so you know, it's fine. It's 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 great. It's kind of diff- I don't know. They're, they're all great, aren't they? Just I don't, for me, it doesn't have as much mystery as the Peter Howell version. What you mean the one we just heard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more. There's more. You can sort of recognise instruments. You can sort of see people mm. playing. Oh, that's certainly true. Yeah. It's, it's more traditionally put together. It's a bass oh, yeah, or something. Sure. You know, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a musician, yeah. but what it is. But it yeah. does sound more earthy, real. It does, yes. Yeah, which it's a solid piece of work. And my, you know, I just automatically prefer that sort of music to what, what we, the, the previous one. So. Hmm. Your thoughts, Mister? I think it's it's the one that most people. I, th- I think probably until the new Doctor Who series came along, where it became tediously orchestral, mm, um, yes. mm. and John Williams, you know, imitating. Uh, it's it's the iconic music yes. that people associate with Doctor, Who, and it's around about this time as well. And this has got to bear in mind that the closing music was always slightly different to the opening title, oh, yes. where we had the scream at the end of the episode. It was a scream that was built into the music. I think it's the definitive version. I don't think it gets any better than this. I'd give it five Tardises out of five. Uh, I'm being on four again. I'm hedging my bets to see what comes up. Yes. Well, I'd I'd give it four because I I I love it, but not quite as much as the Peter Howell version. But again, I guess I think nostalgia is 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 a key to the. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. Okay. Let's let's move on. So now we're travelling back to the John Pertwee era in 1970. Differences, subtle differences. Well, if, you play, if you go into a, a you know a suspect's lineup, they're all the bloody same. Yeah, old man with a moustache. It's Dennis Lil. You know, how are you supposed to know the difference? If you play me that one, and then the next one, I wouldn't know they were different. You it's know, like you're being asked to drink. Two two lagers and tell you which one is the yeah. uh, the, the ten pound bottle and which is the one pound. It's the same as the last one. But <laughs> <laughs> what a swiss! How many more are there? Sam? Let's move into the second doctors. Are they, are they all the same after this? <laughs> no, they're not. They're slightly different. If you oh. listen to the second doctors, oh, God, here we go. Title sequence. Here we go. <laughs> We all like the middle eight. The eight bars that you have in the break of music. Was that not? Is that? Does that exist at the end of the, of this episode, or is that the start? At the start and the and the ending. Yeah. Which was, and we lost it in the seventies. When did we lose it in, in the seventies? I like the middle eight. I was it's beautiful. Say, I was going to say mm. that sounds pretty much the same again, but someone just middle dropped eight. a tea tray uh, <laughs> <about> five <laughs> seconds in. But, Whoops! Sorry, love. Sorry, dear. Uh, are you recording? Sorry. Well, keep it in. Sounds great. Well, I'll go and get some more tea then, shall I? <laughs> there's more distortion on it. There is, yes. With the sound. 
actual... But when that middle eight starts, and I've heard people talk about the middle eight, it's only the reason I realised what it was. It just fills you with joy, doesn't it? Mm. It's the upbeat moment. That's the sort of triumphant bit that we all love. Mm. And I didn't realise it didn't exist in the 70s. What happened to it in the 80s? Did it ever come back? Yes, it was, uh, it was, it was put into Peter Howe's version, I believe. Oh, well, there we go. But only at the end, I think. At the end of t- yeah, you know, yeah. end titles. The end titles. Well, I suppose you know, uh, the title music is, uh, is, is, is uh, <coughs> more expensive as, as the years go on. They used to have about a, a minute and a half for titles yeah, in yeah. those days, not like 12 seconds like they've got so now. shrunk into a tiny mm. box with an annoying yes. Geordie woman going, if you like that, you might like Canada. <laughs> <laughs> BBC Four. Tonight, they're 1,400 o'clock or something. Yeah, Shut yeah, up, woman. Indeed, indeed. How many titles is that, five? Well, I think four. Oh, I think, yeah, four. Four and a half good, because yeah. of the middle length like bit. It, yeah. I'm going to give it four. Yeah. It was four, and then he went, that bit, and I was like, way! <laughs> yeah. Four and a half. Yeah, it's really good. Now we're going back to 1963, the original. So this is the original. This is the original we were This is the very, very beginning. <laughs> Very short, very short. Mm. Yeah, so that's probably uh, if it's sh- shorter, then you can't. I mean, I was going to say it's a pu- it's pure, isn't it? There's something pure about the yeah. the sound and the sort of the, the that rhythm. That rainy sound. Shh. It's very organic. It's... I hate to use that word out of context sometimes because mm. outside of planting things in the garden, <laughs> yeah. but um, it, it's it, it is an organic sound and it's completely electronic at the same time. And yeah. the sound effects that have been laid over the top of the breathing effects. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. ethereal as well. It's very odd. It's just Con- odd. Yes. Considering yeah. how theme music was written at the time, mm. it's not like anything else at all. It's a very otherworldly sound, and I think they captured that extremely well. It's, I mean, it's the wrong, definitive version. It wrong, I mean, it's like, you know... Um, I've said that about six times, that is the definitive <laughs> version. <laughs> well, Monty Norman wrote the James Bond theme tune, but it was... John Barry that made it yes. the James Bond mm-hmm. theme tune, and it's the same with Ron Grainer, who write, who wrote the melody for the Doctor Who theme tune, and then Delia Derbyshire, who made the it genius. the Doctor Who yeah. theme tune. Mm. And uh, the genius of Delia, Delia Derbyshire is uh, in evidence there. I think. And it works particularly well again with the the motion graphics that they put together. Yeah, really, it's, it's, it's almost yes. perfect. I mean, yes. somebody's compared it to the. Good vibrations by oh, yeah, Beach Boys. Beach Boy. it's, it's, it's almost so perfect you can't change it from that version. That's she works. Well, so they, well. they do. <laughs> yeah. They do. Yeah, because people are fickle and get bored, so they yeah. need to have change. Yeah. So you know, I think it's great. I think it's a five Tardises. Yeah, and a five. Yeah, you can't. You can't deny that. You can't knock it. But the, the whole idea of orchestrating something that ought to be a very ethereal mm. sound. I mean, the orchestration is instantly evocative of classical music and mm. of, uh, of years gone by it's, 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 it, it should be the last thing that the Doctor Who theme tune is well there is a version available of the, of the Ron Grainer theme tune which has been arranged presumably as they think he, he expected it to sound right okay and here it is <laughs>
that's marvellous. <laughs> I put that on on a Sunday evening, you know, get the really? old uh, uh, cockles going. In 1967, um, Ron Grainer supplied the theme tune to The Prisoner. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is that, so is that kind of sound. Well, it's isn't Peter it? Cushing's Doctor Who. It isn't is. It? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's the obvious choice for the 60s. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, I'd watch a programme with that theme tune <laughs> because it has a certain joy about it yeah. and a bit of fun, and it wouldn't last more than a couple of series. <laughs> That'd be it. But, but thank goodness for Delia Derbyshire. Uh, yeah, you know, she, we, we often made overlook it. some people. She kept it real. She really sees because it, it sows the atmosphere, doesn't it? The theme tune. Yeah, the sort of mystery and the weirdness and she the. She got it. She got it. She's getting it right from the off. She's only a young thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, they were asked in the early 70s by uh, Barry Letts to go back and rescore it for, I think it was the second season of John Pertwee's mm. time. To come up with a, just a, a, new, a new imagining of the theme music using the advanced synthesizers that are available. So Brian Hodgson and Dita Dubshire went and did that, and they came away very unhappy with what they mm. scored. I don't know if you guys have heard it. No. It was it was no. circulated in Australia only on Doctor Who. And Problems. This is going. And it's very yeah. odd. Well, Here's mm. a little taster. That's savage. Sorry, did Ian Levine do that? <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel all antsy. <laughs> Sorry, am I wrong? It makes you want to just vomit and then have a shower. Apparently yeah. he performed on the Delaware organ. It was awful. Mm. No one liked it. It's like John Pertwee's The Noodle Doodle Man, you know. I'm the Noodle Doodle Man. <laughs> yes, the Noodle Doodle Man. I take spaghetti and I doodle cars and boats and stars and trees and lots and lots of shapes like these. I'm the Noodle Doodle Man. Oh, I don't know. I'm glad I polluted our lug holes with that. Mm. Yuck. So do we all have a favourite each? Come on, then. Peter Howell. Peter Howell. I think it must have been the second one that had that middle eight in it, just because... Patrick Chappell. Patrick Chappell. Yeah, yeah, but just because that was so triumphant. You feel so alive when mm. that happens. Yeah. And it was basically the old theme, but with a little bit more, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mine's Peter Howell. I just I think it's fantastic, and I love that neon early 80s. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's just so iconic yeah. for me. It's so, great stuff. So but it's just a great piece of music anyway. It is. It is. Yeah. All the versions are fantastic. It's one of the best things. My theme Desert Island Discs would be those seven pieces of music. <laughs> and then uh, Benny Hill, uh, Ernie the Fastest... Was that Benny Hill? <laughs> Who was he? Ernie the Fastest yeah, Milkman in, in the, the Land. Yes. In the West. That yes. was Benny Hill. It was Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah, so that's... Ernie. Mine would be MacArthur Park by <laughs> Richard Harris. <laughs> great song about damp pastry. <laughs> So we've gone, uh, we've started in uh, 1963, we've gone way up to the end of Doctor Who 1989 and we've come back, back again. to time travelled this, this afternoon. Yeah. Noodle doodles come across In love behind tomato sauce You'll love my recipe For snacks or lunch or tea Heinz noodle doodles Yum, yum, yum Food's never been 
have such fun. Yum, yum. I-F stands for index file. So here's the I-F and I'll keep score. The, the first question is which Doctor Who actor was the first to die chronologically? So like in terms of... Someone who appeared in Doctor Who. Right. Uh, so their, their oh, date of death was before any other date of death. First so it'll be someone who died in either 1963 or 1964 or yes. 5. Someone who died around that time. Yes. Probably someone relatively old. Yeah. Was it someone from... Can we guess the story? I mean, guess the story. Is it the War Machines? Marco, Marco Polo? It's both good guesses. It was actually the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Oh. Uh, the actress was Jean Conroy, who plays um, the younger woman who's in the cottage. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the younger women in that cottage that sell... Um, Barbara out to the Daleks. Oh, yes. She was only um, 29. Oh. Uh, she finished recording on October the 16th, 1964, and was killed on November the 14th, 1964, killed in a car crash. This information only came to light more recently. <sighs> well, what I've got here, because you didn't get the, the bonus round, is... is um, that was the bonus round. <laughs> 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 that was question is, one. Uh, is actors, actors' names, if you could name the story, that they appeared in, and also the year they died. Bloody hell. So do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> and the clue is that they all died in the 1960s. So Keith Pyatt. <laughs> so obviously it's, just, it's a heartful story, so pluck one out of the air. Planet of the Giants. Planet of the Giants, yeah, that's as good as one as any. No, no, Keith Pyatt um, uh, was in the Aztecs. Was he? He played the old boy. The, the oh, did he? A Toxel, whatever his name is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to guess the year he died? 1965. 66? <laughs> Tom's closer. 68, so half, <laughs> half a point to Tom. <laughs> Next one, Martin Miller. Dalek Invasion of Earth. Tom? Uh, just... We said it before. Oh, uh, Planet of the Giants. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Guess which character he played in Marco Polo? Quite an important character. Marco Polo. Was he the guy with the moustache and, and the sword? <laughs> no, he played Kublai Khan. Ah! <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, guess which year he died? 1966. 69. Tom's got it! Yeah, 69, <laughs> so a full point for that. Okay, next. Jack Cunningham. Jack that rings a bell, but I should know that one. The Myth Makers? Mm, no, uh, it was The Reign of Terror. Do you want to guess which character he played in The Reign of Terror? No. I have no <laughs> idea. He, he played the, the guard, the prison guard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the drunken guy. But is he like, of the Carry On films? Uh, he might have been actually, yeah. Uh, do you want to guess the year he died? No. <laughs> 71? 68. Uh, it was 67, so oh, half a point. Okay, so close. Can't sound on, there. Uh, you might get this one, actually, because we it's a story we were talking about before. Michael Peake. Uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth? No. The Chase? It, it was the Romans. Oh. Do you remember the, the, the bald Oh, the fatty guy. Oh, oh the, 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 the slave trader. Yes. 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 yes, we talked yes. about him before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. died in the 60s, didn't he? Yeah, which year? 68? 69. 67. Well done, Tom. <laughs> Tom's running away with it. Well, Finally, Jack Bly. Oh, so he would be the, in the the smugglers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Deserve a bottle of champagne. Uh, what year did he die? Nineteen sixty-eight. Sixty-seven. 
Tom's got it, it was 67. So I think overall Tom got more well done, Tom. points. By yeah, purely so. just guessing <laughs> later 60s years. That was yeah. so dry. That was yeah. awful. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I know you put a lot of work into that, Greg, but I think yes. it'd be better if we just went to a, a random quiz book next time. <laughs> Even that wasn't so bad. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. But, uh, mm. You did your best. Well, was it preferable to uh, the, 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 the books? No. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're hearing in the background is a lovely rendition of the Doctor Who theme by Kev McCulloch called oh, the Latin oh, version. Oh, it's lovely. Which was used <laughs> in Doctor Who the Years tapes. Yes. But is made more famous for being the theme tune of Doctor Who, <laughs> the complete menagerie. Almost. We'll see you next time. Oh, I hope so. For an exciting adventure in the world of Doctor Who with... Meg, Paul, and me, Sam. Fools never been such fun. Yum yum. If you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie, and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Doctor Who is copyright of the BBC. No infringements on copyright are intended. Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, <laughs> almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a sixth floor production.